The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Joining me in studio now to talk through some of the stories in the papers, Stephanie Preisner, writer and podcast host, and Philip Ryan, political editor with The Independent. You're both very welcome. Uh, Stephanie, people will be glad to hear your voice back. You've made it through six weeks of newborn stage and you're just dipping your toe into light panel discussions. Yes, yeah, just to have some uh, adult conversation to get my brain back. Yeah, it's been a rough six weeks. Nobody tells you that when you're nine months pregnant. They're like, oh, it's going to be amazing. But it's it's not amazing. <laughs> it's and how tough. do you feel about being asked about it? Would you prefer if we all just said, good morning, Stephanie, and got on with the, with the job of the day? Because it's often discussed that men aren't asked as much as women are. But I mean, you've just been through a fairly I, big experience. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think it's sort of like, you know, if I came in here with like, half of my face ripped off and you didn't mention it you'd be like there's a big thing after happening like this is this is sort of life changing but then I'm also aware that like for millennia women have been having children so it's not this big thing and maybe I should just get on with it but it's those two things are constantly in conflict with me because I think to myself people have been doing this this isn't a big deal but then I feel like an earthquake has gone off in my life and I'm like hang on a second why did nobody tell me it was going to be like this? Yeah, no, you wouldn't have believed them I don't think but I remember being at a launch a few uh, years back and I was sitting beside some somebody quite big in, in TV and a journalist was saying, how do you juggle it all? How do you juggle it? And she said, I'm not going to answer that because my husband wouldn't be asked that question. And I didn't even have kids at the time. And it was real moment for me. I was like, wow, that was an eye opener. But I actually think the answer is not that we stop asking women. It's I that we start asking men. It's like I juggle it with great difficulty. It's really difficult, you know, the, so that women know and, and so that people know that it's that, like the answer reveals how tough it is and to not ask the question and not answer the question means that people who are struggling in their lives listening to the radio now walking around in a circle with a baby that they're trying to get to sleep will know okay it's fine like this is normal I don't need to ring a paediatrician because my baby's been crying for four hours you know and I think that to to dismiss the question yes I understand that a man isn't asked and we need to do more there but but I still think answer the question so that people know what the answer is. Yeah. And I think during the pandemic, we were a lot more open. Obviously, there were issues around, you know, creches being closed and all that so that there were dads turning up to Zooms with newborns on their knee. And now we've kind of gone back to this, like, you know, nothing to see here. We're all swans with everything mad underneath, but everything. I think there should be an openness around yeah. life and the realities of it, with be you a parent or not. Yeah, I don't think that you should have to pretend that you are, you know, doing your job on on an hour and a half sleep. Like, I, I, I think that that's unreasonable. So in the um, issue of fairness, uh, can I ask you, Philip Ryan, have you got children? I don't have any children. And but but just on the pain, point that you're making, I, I think um, men do talk about kids um, in, in just a general sense. I know that all my, my friends WhatsApp groups, lads are putting up pictures of their kids when when they have them. You go to the pub, they're like, oh, do you want to see my kid with a Teddy or whatever, you're like, yeah, thanks. The answer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, but on the other side of it, like, why women might get asked um, a little bit more about children is because you put in the, the hard yards. Is the reality to start with? You know, maybe after the birth, there's a the, the men can weigh in and, and during the process as well. But it's the women who do the 
heavy lifting as such when yeah. it comes to no, you're pr- right, it producing is changing. the child. Yeah, my lower back is, agrees, so <laughs> yeah, we did yeah. do the heavy lifting. I do just always think it's really interesting. You'd be like, he's a very hands-on dad. You know, no one says a hands-on mum. Like, what does that even mean? You're just <laughs> yeah. a mom or a dad. But look, we leave it there for now. Our thoughts are with you. We're sending strength and sleep your way. Shall we get to the stories of the day? Um, you may have heard my interview earlier with Jessica Dunn, the Irish climate activist, heading to COP. How do you feel about climate change um, and are leaders really taking action? But I've always seen over many years just working in politics and, and even not is that when big societal change happens, it's, it's normally that something something has to happen for a huge societal change. So like we had, let's say uh, it was the anniversary there of Savita Halapanara. So that kind of had to happen for us to change our abortion laws. And, and something big always has to happen. But with climate change, big things are happening all the time. We see all these huge weather events. We see these storms. Uh, they really mild uh, November, October we're having this year. Some of the hottest years on, on record across the continent of Europe. But they, that doesn't seem to be seeping in when it comes to political leadership and when it comes to making these big decisions that, that we're told have to be made or we're, and in the the words of Antonio Guterres, is, we're doomed. <laughs> that's, the, that's what the reality of the scientists are telling us. And the urgency just isn't there. It, it just really isn't. So, like, I think we are just going to have to go along with the, the, the slow pace of change. And I think me and Stephanie were talking about earlier, like the, some of the bigger countries really have to play their part as much as Ireland can do their thing. Like if we don't have the likes of the US, China, uh, India and, and others and Russia involved, that it, like, is there is there any real point? I know. And I think that's part of the pro- problem. My sister um, recently moved to America and they don't even recycle there. That just blew my mind. Now, I have issues with recycling. I think it is a bit of a farce. But at least there is intention there. Sorry, they don't do even you, have a green bin. Why do you think it's a farce? I don't really think everything's being taken off and recycled the way we think it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's probably definitely yeah. not. Sorry, I thought you meant that there is that. Yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's definitely not. And it's something that I'm really conscious of at the moment because I you know I always try to do my bit. I try to recycle, but I'm just sort of like a like a recycling light. You know, I don't read the back of every package and I only recently learned that some of it can some of the plastics can't go in the green bin. The vast majority of the plastic doesn't go in really. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm I'm not the best recycler in the world. And if your neighbor two doors down throws a nappy in by mistake or on purpose, that spoils the whole lot. Like it's nappies. Just... Oh my god, I'm so conscious of it. <laughs> like the amount I'm putting into landfill and I just have one tiny baby. Like th- those are things that you know, but OK, so each of us doing our part, as Philip was saying, I, I don't agree with the argument that like, well, we shouldn't do anything until China and America do their part. I don't think that's what you're saying, but they mm. do have to do have to ramp it up. I agree with what Philip is saying in that a mild November is not something that people are going to be mm. like, oh, my God, it's mild. Mm. We need to stop driving our cars because actually a mild November is quite nice. People don't particularly. Want, but the countries that are seeing it the most are the countries that are probably contributing it to it the least and who have the le- least amount of, you know, I guess, political welly to, to make a change. And that's the balance of power that's really sort of distressing. But I, I'm getting also climate fatigue. I'm sick of hearing, I'm sick of listening to panels like us talking about this. I'm sick of reading it in the paper. Oh, we need to do this. We're not doing it. It's not within our power. It's within government power to bring in these big decisions that are like, okay, there are no more cars that are petrol or diesel. You know, we're just going to make this huge decision. 
they're obviously not going to do that because it's an electoral system that we have. They're not there going to is, get elected. Um, there is, um, I think, an EU directive to ban the sale of petrol and cars by, is it 2030 or 2050? That's the thing, yeah. by 2030. And it's yeah. going to be too yeah. late for us to yeah. reduce our emissions. But historically, Ireland have been leaders in making big change. We were the first with the plastic bag tariff. We were the first with the smoking ban. We all came together globally for the pandemic to bring about massive change that we never thought we'd be able to handle. And not that it became normal and we all loved it, but we could do it and all join together and put funding together to make big change. Why aren't we doing it here? The Green Party would argue, though, that I think that this government and the programme for government that they've set out has a lot of um, influence, their party's influence in it. And there are, they they have set climate targets, legally binding climate targets for all industries. Whether they're going to be met or not remains to be seen. A lot of the stuff that they're trying to get people to do is going to be difficult. Um, It's it's a mix of saying, like, you have to stop this and we're going to do this instead, providing farmers with various other uh, grants to do kind of more sustainable farming, putting in place proper public transport public transport infrastructure to get people out of their cars and going on trains like anytime you go to a a city in Europe you're just I always find it embarrassing almost when you get on the train that brings you from the airport to the city and then you just come back to Dublin and you have to get a taxi home. Like, it's just ridiculous and yeah. that we, we still don't have that as a modern European city and it, it's small things like that, that that need to be put in place if they want to if they want everybody else to play their part too. But we have such a strong democracy at the same time that like those things can be, you know, absolutely shot down by someone who, ref- mm. you know, who puts in a planning complaint or who, you know, this sort of nimbyism. And I think that, you know, there's there's just not the political will there because they know that in their constituencies, people are going to complain about having their, you know, herds culled or their whatever the things that we need to do are. I just don't see a way out of it, to be honest. Well, we'll move on to our next story. And I don't think America are going to be getting green bins anytime soon as Trump is, I'm saying, threatening to make a comeback in 2024. How real is this, Philip? Well, it seems to be. Yeah, he's been toying with the idea. He, he mentioned it at one of his uh, rallies there recently. Very, very, very probably. <laughs> yes, that's so exactly the quote. Very, yeah. very, very <laughs> probably will run. Yeah, but it, it is. It's worrying. I was listening to a podcast there earlier this morning in the New York Times one where they were talking about this guy who broke into Nancy Pelosi's house. So scary. And, um, you know, attacked her husband, Paul. And they were detailing, like this guy believed he was on a mission and was doing this because the Democrats have lied and lied to the public and he wanted to kidnap Nancy Pelosi and get her to speak the truth and then he put this out and and like, like this is that, that that guy's thinking is a direct result of Donald Trump's policies and Donald Trump's politics so it's it's really scary that they'd he'd come again and get voted back in again and even if he didn't get voted back in again sure he'd just um, dismiss that, 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 yeah, yeah. that result as well I but do I think mean, what, get in. at what age are we living in I mean even Matt Hancock is heading into I'm a celebrity and I just think that speaks volumes. We're kind of merging light entertainment with, with, with politics. People are losing sight of the reality Ed of their Balls decisions. Ed very good on Strictly Come Dancing though. <laughs> I could totally see some Irish politicians on, on Irish Strictly um, or Dancing with the Stars whatever it's called oh, that's one thing Into the Jungle is quite another um, but it is like electoral politics is a popularity contest and now celebrities have more popularity and people they have influence they have followers they have literal people who will vote for them and so 
it's very possible that, you know, people who like I'm watching this TV show <clears throat> at the moment called Make Me Prime Minister. Are you are you watching? No, I know it's don't. it's a BBC <coughs> reality show. It's basically like The Apprentice. Okay. But for politicians. So there's these people who want to be politicians and they get these little tasks and uh, it's actually very, very good. Um very, very, very good, as Trump would say. <laughs> uh, and you can totally see how how someone who's big on TikTok or Instagram could realistically become the next whatever because they'll get the votes. Yeah, because it's with I think with that apathy and in the age of distraction, people aren't even reading. Forget the small print. People aren't even reading below whenever shouting loudest is getting in. I finally want to touch on a lovely story that Trinity has announced its oldest graduate at 84. Mary Jerem Pyle says she was the latest late-ish developer, which is one way, I think, of describing somebody who just did a PhD at the age of 84. Um, How do you feel about ageing? I feel as somebody who in their 40s began to get a bit more conscious of my mortality, that time seemed to be shooting by. Decades were going much quicker than I expected them to. This gives me great hope that there is still a lot more area to cover. Yeah, well, I mean... I don't, I'm very short-sighted at the moment. I think having a newborn makes you quite myopic where you're just going from feed to feed to feed. So don't really (laughs) get through the next next three hours. Um, But yeah, I definitely, I have a very positive outlook on ageing. My husband is a widower and lost his wife quite young. And I think it's given us both a real sense of like, you know, if people are like, God, I'm getting old. It's like, well, there is an alternative and it's not great, you know. Mm. So like getting old is a real privilege. It's a privilege. Mm. But in terms of like doing a PhD at the age of 84, God, I don't know. It, that's such an achievement. I think if I if I get to Christmas, <laughs> if I get to Christmas with my sanity, uh, uh, that'll be a big enough achievement for me. Do you think Philip's 70s and 80s are looked on differently now? I've met a few 80 year olds, be them parents of my friends even, and they're not mm. the kind of hunched over stick people that I might have had in my in my mind. We're living longer. We're living healthier and, and Mary has proved this. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just a mature student myself. I went back to, I went to college in the first place only, I think I was 26 or 27 but when I first went to Ballyferma College and uh, yeah, and I think that was the right time to go as well because I thought at the, when you're 18, 19, I just wasn't really interested in it, to be honest. Um, but I can see aging as well. I can see my own parents, they're, they're aging, they're, they're in their 70s now and they're very active. My dad plays tennis twice a week. At 70, was he 75 or something now? And he's okay. doing that. So like, you know, it's modern medicine, isn't it? Yeah. Good diets. And do you have <laughs> anything on your bucket list? Do you have anything? Do you, do you think in that way that you'd like to have ticked before that day comes, whenever it may be? To get there, I suppose. <laughs> the first instance, like to be actually able to to get to that age, you know, like to, to, to look after yourself to some regard and like enjoy yourself at the same time because you can't be obsessing about your health. You should look after your health. But like, you know, you can spend too much time worrying as well and not enjoying yourself. Yeah. What about you, Stephanie? Do you have a bucket list or do you just want to, as you say, get through the day? I, I At the moment, I just want to get through the day. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a bucket list. When I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, you know, things that I want to achieve. I don't really, uh, you know, I think... Yeah. A, a good, at the moment a good day a good day is enough I you're can't just so see successful past. already I'm so I've done everything I've <laughs> yeah. succeeded I have well you both ticked a fair few boxes now it has to be said but that also kind of worries me I don't want the best things 
to already be on my CV, you know, but I just yeah. don't know what the other things are. Well, who knows? The world is your oyster, as they say. Thank you for <laughs> dragging yourself out of the madness to come in. Thank Stephanie Preissner, writer and podcast host, and Philip Ryan, political editor with The Independent. You are off now to the Sinn Féin Ardèche Yes, that's on down there. Mary Lou and the gang are uh, gracing us with their presence and all their membership. It would be an interesting day to see... Um, to hear her speak, she hasn't uh, addressed the media for some time and there's been a lot of controversies being rumbling on in the background. So hopefully today she'll uh, answer a few questions. Well, Piers Darcy is joining me on the show in a few moments time. But thank mm. you both again for coming in. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.